start to turn up the volume on how you speak to yourself. All of us know how to motivate other people. We, and how to help them get back on track when they have a blip from a difficult plan of change. We tell them they can do it, to reflect on all the other things they've been capable of doing, to treat it as a blip and know that they can get straight back on track. And yet so often when we let ourselves down, even if it's that we've locked our keys in the car or dropped the ball in some way, the way we speak to ourselves is, um, can be really quite abusive. This is the Ideas Lab podcast, where you can learn from great creative and entrepreneurial minds how to turn your ideas into original businesses, books, and brands. Because in a crowded world, it pays to stand out. This is your host, John Williams, best-selling author and founder of the Ideas Lab London. Sharu Izadi is a behavioral change specialist, speaker, coach, and author of The Kindness Method, The Kindness Method is a great book that shows how, by being kind to yourself, you can really make a big difference to addictions and bad habits. So whether it's something around food, exercise, smoking, drinking, or something else, if you follow the process in the Kindness Method, you can make a big difference without feeling like you're having to have incredibly strong willpower and without being cruel to yourself. So that's a very appealing concept and unsurprisingly the book's been really successful. It's number one in some of its categories. What I like though about Sharu is that although it's a very approachable book and a very approachable method, it's based on real experience. She provides relapse prevention coaching and support groups at a recovery house for young women. She's worked in addictions for quite a few years and her work has drawn the attention of BBC Radio and Telegraph, Red Magazine, many other publications. She's got a second book coming out in January 2020, which is a follow-on from The Kindness Method. So I was really pleased when Sharu agreed to be on the Ideas Lab podcast and give us a brief overview of the ideas behind The Kindness Method. So if you've ever tried to change your habit in order to improve your life and it hasn't worked or it's felt like really hard work, then do have a listen to this and understand how the kindness method might just be a better approach for you. In fact, Sharu describes how in her own life she struggled with her weight for many years, lost weight and then regained it until she applied the kindness method to her own life, at which point she lost and kept off over eight stone. Sharu, thank you very much for making time to do this podcast with me. Not at all. Thank you for having me. Now, I saw you recently give a talk about The Kindness Method, which is the name of your new book, which is going wild at the moment. And I was really impressed with, with the combination of your professional expertise around the area of changing habit and addiction. And also you had a personal story. But if we start with the professional thing... It, What's your job been? What's your career been to date? Yeah, so I initially started, um, I studied psychology and psychosocial sciences. And then I went on to have my first placement at an addiction uh, clinic in Northwest London, an NHS service. And I learned a lot about how we treat addiction in the UK, largely around substance misuse. So I noticed the patterns in the sorts of people who were able to make lasting changes despite having very few resources and also usually uh, struggling with their mental health or homelessness and it's you know essentially having a lot of things working against them and what I went on to do after that was work in frontline addiction treatment for the most part and continue to learn 
what sorts of methods work, what I wasn't really on board with, etc. And I went on to become a consultant and a trainer to the NHS and to various other health and social care organizations. And I noticed that when I would go around training staff, nurses and multidisciplinary teams on how to motivate their patients and clients, they started coming up to me at the end and asking if they could use those exercises on themselves or with their partners for smoking or drinking or overeating as opposed to just um, uh, more harmful drugs. Mm. And I knew that they were absolutely right in um, thinking that these methods would be applicable across the board because I had used them on myself to lose eight stone in weight. Um, And the thing is, I had previously lost more than that Mm -hmm. and gained it all back because I hadn't done it in a way that took any consideration um, for my mental health, my well-being, my self-esteem, my self-belief. I was always doing it in a very punitive and cruel way where I just thought I was bad and I was weak and I needed to be hungry. Um, And so, of course, it wasn't sustainable. I would reach my goal weight and then I wouldn't stay there. So what I realized was through my experience of working with the healthcare workers, through my experience of using these written exercises on myself, that I was onto something here and that there was a gap in the market for handing people tools that they could use on themselves that didn't cost much. So I continued to sort of practice what I preached and I off I went to the School of Life and I asked them if I could pitch a workshop about habit change where no one had to tell me what habit they were there to change and that it would be applicable to everyone. And it kept selling out. And they very <laughs> they very cleverly um, booked it in on the third week of January, which I've since learned through private practice is the most um, popular week right. to get inquiries. For very- that's when your resolutions are failing. Exactly, yeah. precisely. So um, I did this workshop and I kept putting it on. And for a brief period, I became a faculty member of the School of Life. And then this journalist contacted me and she said, I want to drink less. I don't want to stop drinking. Mm-hmm. But... I I don't know how to do it. I'm always the last one at the pub, et cetera, et cetera. And I knew from my work in addiction treatment and my personal knowledge of having sort of geeked out on what was working, I had gone to an Overeaters Anonymous meeting, which follows the same 12-step abstinent model as an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. But of course, you can't be abstinent from food. And so what I learned was the people in the Overeaters Anonymous meetings were managing to change their behaviors by becoming more self-aware and creating bespoke plans of change, despite being having to deal with their substance of, you know, their problematic substance all day, every day, and yeah. knowing it would be everywhere. And so I thought, why can't we just apply the same to alcohol? So I helped this journalist. She wrote an article about it. I woke up one day and had hundreds of emails, quit my job, set up a private practice. One of those emails was from an agent to write a book, wrote a book, which is now coming out all around the world. And that's what the kindness method is. Yeah. So this is fantastic. So this is a method, change your habits. So if you want to lose weight, drink less, stop smoking, but actually change almost any habit. The idea is that you can do that without the self-flagellation and you can do it by actually being kind to yourself. Yeah. Is that a fair summary? How do you describe it as differing from some of the methods that people 
choose for themselves? I think very often when we choose to change, we're so fed up with ourselves mm. that we start from a place of being quite cruel, of mm. concentrating what's wrong with us, where our weaknesses are, and what's wrong with our habits. And what that does is put us in a mindset where we're not aware of the resources at our disposal to actually help us change those habits. Mm. And it's the strengths we need to focus on. It's our strengths in order to be able to push forward in those times when it's inevitably going to be difficult mm. to create new habits. Um, I think that's, that's one of the reasons. I think the other thing is we often think we have to hand ourselves over to an expert who knows more about us than we know about ourselves. Mm. And I think with the kindness method, what I try to do is give people tools to realize that we know what we need to change and we know how to change it what the the stumbling block tends to be why we're not changing mm. and why we can't do it on our own yeah and that's the answer that i try to help that's the question that i try to help people answer now you have three things that you thought were worth sharing to give people a taste of this method there's actually uh, quite quite a lot of exercises in the book which are really interesting so it's, it, I do recommend getting it. I got it on both audio and on print. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm going to hopefully, uh, I, you know, there's lots of habits I like to change. Like my consistent habit of always having two glasses of wine every night before, you know, mm -hmm. after dinner and, um, uh, and weight as well. And probably some other bad ones if I really look for them. And I've never been, I consider myself to have no self-discipline. Uh, so what you've written seems to make an awful lot of sense. But if we we're going to summarize it, we we're going to tell people three things they could use for themselves that would at least get them started in the right direction or help them understand, what would you say is most important? I'd say first and foremost, start to turn up the volume on how you speak to yourself. All of us know how to motivate other people we, and how to help them get back on track when they have a blip from a difficult plan of change. We tell them they can do it, to reflect on all the other things they've been capable of doing, to treat it as a blip and know that they can get straight back on track. And yet so often when we let ourselves down, even if it's that we've locked our keys in the car or dropped the ball in some way, the way we speak to ourselves is um, can be really quite abusive. Yeah. And aside from the fact that that's not a very nice soundtrack to be listening to, it's very counterproductive when it comes to getting back on track because by our own admission, the sorts of messages that get people back on track are the positive ones. So I would say in the first instance, it doesn't even have to be in the context of the habit you want to change. In general, on a day-to-day -day basis, try to listen in on how quickly you forgive yourself mm. when you do something um, you're not proud of and consider whether that's how quickly you'd forgive someone else who you love. Yeah. The second thing I'd say is when it comes to unwanted habits, don't focus on what's wrong with them. Focus on what they're doing for you. They, mm. What is now a problem was probably once a solution to something yeah. and may well st still be a solution to something. So rather than looking at it with judgment, look at it with a compassionate curiosity because that puts you in a position where you can really ask what other coping strategies you can put in place when you inevitably take that one away. Mm. And I'd say third of all, try to preempt the sorts of things that you think will test you. And rather than avoiding them, decide how you're going to behave when you're faced with them. Mm. Right. So at some point, you're going to be tempted to fall off the wagon or whatever it is. Yeah. Decide what day. you're going to tell yourself when that temptation comes. Don't hope that it won't come. 
Right. And I think that's what a lot of us do. We think I'm changed now, I'm fixed, everything's sorted. And I think what that does is it really sets us up to fail and it really feeds into what a, a lot of all or nothing catastrophizing that a lot of us do. Like, oh, I've ruined it now. Yeah. So there's no point. I might as well start again on Monday and all these sort of... I ate a chocolate bun and my whole diet's blown. Forget exactly, it. exactly. Whereas if you spoke to yourself the way that you'd speak to someone else, you'd say, just, just the chocolate. Yeah. Really, it isn't that isolated habit that will throw you off plan. It's the conversation you have with yourself about it that dictates what the next habit is after that, which will create accumulation of habits that will throw you off plan. That's interesting. It makes me wonder, actually, whether it... Yeah, and you probably know the answer to this question, whether it will work for things like depression and anxiety. Because what I've noticed is that people who get depressed, and I've, I've certainly experienced that myself, but often the reason you get depressed is because when you get down you get down about being down. So there's a sort of feedback loop, which is, if I feel bad, then um, I must be, uh, that's an indication of something bad. And so it kind of feeds on itself in the same way that if you get anxious about being anxious, you can end up having panic attacks, which I did when I was younger. And so if you interrupted that and brought in um, a kind of kindness and, and a bit more forgiveness around your moods, I would imagine. I mean, have you done any investigation around um, depression, anxiety, rather than habit change? And- I think we need to be incredibly careful if we talk mm-hmm. about depression and anxiety yeah. and mental health diagnoses. That mm-hmm. is not what I do at all. Right, yeah. Um, I think low mood, behavioral activation, mm-hmm. anxious thinking patterns are one thing. Mm-hmm. But no, I don't profess to be able to yeah, help yeah. people with clinical diagnoses at all. And I think there's all, all sorts of other things at play that I wouldn't have the audacity mm-hmm. to comment on. Yeah. And, and I, I really like the fact that in your book, you can see that there is a solidity of, you know what you're talking about. So this isn't this isn't something you just made up last week. You know, this is based on many, many years of... How many years have you working in addictions? Not that many, maybe seven, six, seven, yeah. eight. Not not long, actually. What wow. I actually, what I did for the most part is I've, I've read a lot. Right, yeah. So I would pick up one thing, one idea at work, wow. and then I would go and read everything about it. Yeah. Whether it was um, acceptance and commitment therapy or mindfulness-based relapse prevention or dialectical behavior therapy or cognitive behavioral therapy Mm. or um, relapse management or disease models of addiction. And I just, I had periods of time where I just became obsessed with all of these different theories. Mm. And I sort of tried to cut through the jargon and decide what would be helpful in my day-to-day life for me and what I decided that the sort of litmus test would be if it worked on me at my laziest and my most resistant Mm. then maybe it could help other people do you think there's one overall thing is is it too simplistic to say could there be one thing that makes the biggest difference between those who manage to change a habit and those who don't kindness towards themselves yeah but also to understand the definition of kindness. So some people will say to me, what if I think kindness is eating donuts for dinner and I want to lose weight? And I will always say, if you treat your body the way that you would want the person you love the most in this world to treat their body, then you will find your definition of kindness very quickly. Yeah, that's nice. I like that. And I really like that that thing about treating yourself verbally or, or in your thoughts 
in the same way as you would treat a loved one. So if a loved one made a mistake, you wouldn't scream and go, you're an idiot. We call ourselves these things quite a lot. Um, and is it possible to change that though? If, that's so, if that in itself, our self-talk is such an ingrained habit, that can be shifted. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I just think that for different people, we're swimming against heavier currents here right. and there. I think we need to also acknowledge that some people, large number of people experience trauma. Yeah, They are battling with really strong core beliefs from childhood. Mm-hmm. And it would be far too simplistic um, let's let's face it if i could change that i'd be i'd be on the news right now yeah yeah but i think for the most part we can learn to debate with it we can learn to observe mm-hmm. it and in the same way that we you know people are adopting mindful practice and understanding for example anxious thinking patterns from an evol- from an evolutionary perspective mm-hmm. in order to try to understand how our brains are trying to protect us etc yeah. we can start to educate ourselves on um observing how those things happen and starting to question them with compassion and saying, oh, is that really fair? Where did that come from? Whose voice does that sound like? Because I wasn't born thinking that about myself. And I think that more academic, more compassionate, more curious approach can certainly help. I mean, I've certainly changed the way that I speak to myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fascinating. And if you want to read find out more about this they can get the kindness method book which is also available on um uh, as an audible book and how many languages is it being translated already it's already been it's out it came out in america this week it's um already come out in the netherlands in italy God, I should I should know this. Wow, that's pretty good. I know it's <laughs> it's coming out in various countries this year, and the second yeah. book's coming out in January 2020, which will be about weight loss specifically. Oh right, okay. I was wondering where you're going to go next. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. But this book really does apply to a whole range of habits already. But yeah, it's always good, to, I think, to have a a niche book too. I would support yeah. that as somebody who helps experts to uh, uh, to package what they do. Well, thank you, Sheru. That was really interesting. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ideas Lab podcast. Please do subscribe. And if you've enjoyed this episode, it would be great if you could leave us a review. You can get links and details of everything mentioned in the podcast in the show notes, along with photos and video clips from many of our episodes. Just go to theideaslab.org forward slash podcast.